Welcome to the National Civic Council's podcast, A Stronger Australia. The National Civic Council has advocated for the Australian people since its founding by Bob Santa Maria in the early 1940s. Today, it advocates for an economically and culturally strong Australia, which protects the vulnerable and supports the family as the cornerstone of society. During our podcast, we hear from a wide variety of speakers and experts on how to create a better Australia. We hope you enjoy. Greetings to all our listeners. Welcome to the latest episode of Stronger Australia. My name is Rebecca Anderson and I'll be your host for today. Now today we're hearing from Patrick Byrne, President of the National Civic Council. Pat, it's great to have you here today. Nice to be back with you, Beg. So Pat, we hear that Victoria is about to see another attack on religious freedom and parental rights. What's the story? The Victorian government's introduced draconian changes to its anti-discrimination law attacking the freedom of religious schools and organisations to employ the staff of their choice. With the state Liberals not having a declared position on the Equal Opportunity Religious Exemptions Amendment Bill, the changes may pass by Christmas, leaving the decks clear of controversial legislation before the next state election at the end of next year. So how does current discrimination law work? Currently, the Victorian Equal Opportunity Act gives religious organisations the freedom to make employment decisions in accordance with their doctrines, beliefs or principles, or in ways that are reasonably necessary to avoid injury to the religious sensitivities of adherence. Effectively, this freedom will be lost, as the new bill severely restricts a school's ability to employ people according to how their behaviours or expressed attitudes on matters of sexual orientation, lawful sexual activity, marital status, parental status, or gender identity are compatible with the ethos of the school. How will this affect faith-based schools? Schools are going to be forced to jump through three legal hoops to preserve their religious moral ethos. First, a school will have to establish that its doctrines, beliefs, or principles are an inherent requirement for a position. However, regardless of what the school regards as an inherent requirement, a state-appointed discrimination tribunal or court will be the final arbiter of the school's doctrines and beliefs and whether they should be an inherent part, an inherent requirement of a job. Second, the school can only refuse employment or dismiss a person if the inherent requirement cannot be met because of a person's religious belief or activity. So what happens if a teacher says, I'm a believer, but I interpret the scriptures differently so I can live the way I choose? The school may see this as a religious difference, but a secular court or tribunal can say that a person's lawful sexual activity or sexual orientation is not a religious matter. Indeed, in delivering the bill's second reading, Natalie Hutchins underscored this provision, saying that being gay, getting divorced, being transgender are not matters of religious belief. Hence, a school claiming that these matters are inconsistent with the doctrines of a religious body will not be grounds for refusing employment. Third, the school will also have to show that dismissing a staff member is reasonable and proportionate 
Well, again, what is reasonable and proportionate will be determined by a secular court or tribunal. Even if a religious studies teacher was considered a core staff member, say of an Islamic school, the school would have to think twice about what is reasonable and proportionate in dismissing a religious teacher who converted to Christianity if that person could not be employed elsewhere in the school in a non-core position. Will other faith-based organisations be affected by the legislation? The new restrictions will also apply to other faith-based agencies. In the case of a faith-based foster care agency, it will be up to a tribunal or court to decide if placing children only with natural biological families is reasonable and proportionate in the circumstances. It will cover all religious organisations receiving state funds. Hypocritically, the Victorian draconian legislation will not apply to political parties. They will remain free to employ only staff who are members of or who adhere to the principles of the party. Where does public opinion stand on the issue of religious freedom? The legislation flies in the face of recent polling by Christian Schools Australia that found 78% of Victorians support the right of religious schools to employ staff and teachers who support the values and beliefs of the school. The proposed changes undoubtedly also violate the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, which guarantees the right to freedom of thought, conscience and religion, the freedom either individually or in a community with others and in public or private to worship, observance, practice and teaching. And it will almost certainly violate the freedom of parents to ensure the religious and moral education of their children in conformity with their own convictions. Therefore, not only must the legislation be resisted, but the federal government's planned religious freedom legislation must include provisions to override these abuses of our our basic human rights in Victorian law. Okay, well, sounds like some very serious work needs to be done to prevent this bill. Uh, Can you tell us what the NCC is doing about this, Pat? The NCC has set up a website called Defend Our Freedoms in Victoria, and it has a series of leaflets that you can download if you live in Victoria and go and give out to your church congregations. You can give to your schools, and you can also take them and print them off and put them around the electorate offices of the upper house members uh, in Victoria. You can find this website pretty easily. It's ncc.org.au slash EOA. I'll say that again, ncc.org.au slash EOA. Go there and get involved in the campaign. So, Pat, I believe you've written a couple of books on this topic, specifically about how these kinds of laws impact our freedoms. Can you tell us a bit about those? Yes, I did two books, uh, Transgender, One Shade of Grey, and another book called The Little Grey Book on Sex and Transgender. Uh, Both these books go through how the, particularly the transgender issue has become weaponised as an instrument in law to attack our religious freedoms. Now, a lot of people think the main attack came from same-sex marriage. And there are aspects of same-sex marriage law that do affect our religious freedoms. However, it has really been the transgender issue that is much more seriously in conflict with the moral beliefs 
that we hold, not only as Christians, but of all the major faiths and of most people. The transgender issue is more serious because it impacts such a wide range of areas of the moral beliefs, not only of Christians, but of all the major faiths and of most people in general. The conflicts come about over what we call sex-based rights. By virtue of your sex, you attend a certain school, use certain toilet showers and chambers rooms, play in certain sports. Once the law declares that a person's gender identity is their legal identity, then a male who identifies as a female can suddenly claim the same rights as females to play in their sports, to use their toilet showers and change rooms as 10 female-only schools, and the list goes on and on. Now, under current anti-discrimination law, both federal and state, there are exemptions for faith-based institutions so that, for example, in schools, a boy identifies as a girl is not, um, a school is not required to have that, allow that male to play in the girls' sports or use their toilet showers and change rooms. This comes in a sense to the crux of what's happening in Victoria and is being debated in federal law at the moment. If the exemptions are removed for faith-based institutions, those requirements will be imposed on schools and faith-based institutions. Right, okay. Well, thanks, Pat. Um, It's definitely a, a serious matter that's going to impact a lot of everyday people. So everyone, make sure you check out the website. Uh, if you're in Victoria, you can get involved. And um, even if you're not in Victoria, um, the National Civic Council's magazine News Weekly regularly covers these kinds of threats to our freedoms, both here in Australia with cases like these and overseas. And as we've seen today, um, we provide the simple explanations of these complex matters that you won't find elsewhere. You can subscribe online at ncc.org.au forward slash newsweekly. Pat, thank you very much for joining us today and hopefully we'll hear from you again soon. Good to talk to you, Beck. Thanks for listening, everyone. I will see you at the next episode of A Stronger Australia. Thank you.